Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado. We are back for another dose of our own brand of sports talk. You know, we try to bring you a little bit of common sense with our sports talk, try to bring you maybe just a little sarcasm, and we pride ourselves on having both of those things here at The Dose. Hopefully, we are keeping you entertained each and every day. Happy Wednesday to you. Again, we are slowly but surely making our way through the week. If you'd like to let us know how your week is going, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. You might have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you need some advice. Had a couple people reach out this past week, ask me my thoughts on the NFL draft, whatever it might be. Feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we have a few news stories that are coming out that we do want to discuss just a little, and you might not realize it, but today is actually somewhat of an important day in sports history, and when I heard what had happened on this day in sports history, it actually kind of led me somewhere else. It made me think of something else. So we do want to talk about that just a little, and It is Wednesday, so we will have our weekly segment, The Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings. Hump Day! You never know what we might be ranking this week, but you're going to want to stick around for that today. A couple things coming out in the world of breaking news. First off, Baker Mayfield's agent says that the New England Patriots indicated to him they were considering trading up to the number two overall pick in the NFL draft if... Mayfield was still available. Of course, Mayfield ended up being picked number one overall by the Cleveland Browns, but Mayfield's agent said the Patriots were interested enough in his client that they were willing to maybe swing a big trade if Mayfield fell to number two. Mayfield's agent said the Browns kept their interest in Mayfield quiet right up until the draft, and then the New York Jets indicated that they planned on taking him if he was available at number three. Look, I don't know whether or not to believe any of this stuff. Because what it almost feels like to me is that now a lot of people are doubting Cleveland's choice of Baker Mayfield. So his agent is saying, well, actually, if Cleveland didn't take him, every single team in the entire draft was going to take him. Look, I don't know whether to believe any of this stuff or not. It might just be a bunch of hype. But one thing to think about, if it is true, Because remember like last week, I don't know, two weeks ago, I was saying how if given the chance, and I'm not saying quite yet, but if given the chance, Bill Belichick would replace Tom Brady if he could. He would do it. He doesn't have those allegiances to players. His job is to win. He does not care. Players are just chess pieces that he plugs into the board. That's all they are to him. If he could replace Tom Brady, trust me, he would. But I also said a couple weeks ago that we would know who was controlling the draft picks based on whether or not they selected a quarterback. They ended up taking a quarterback late, but now we do know. Like Bill Belichick, he might be making the pick, but we can see Robert Kraft definitely has veto power if this is true. Because if he was willing to move up and take Baker Mayfield, he was probably willing to move up and take a few different guys. We didn't see that ever happen. I'm assuming Robert Kraft, yeah, he's kind of standing behind Belichick saying, no, 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 you can't do that. No, you can't get rid of him yet. I think that's what's going on in New England. Some weird things going on in New England right now. 
But when you hear Tom Brady's interview with Jim Gray on Monday, yeah, there's some weird things going on in New England. I don't quite know what's going on there. Should probably talk a little NBA playoffs. You know, if you ever wonder why here at the Daily Dose, I tend to have like zero respect for the NBA Eastern Conference. Yeah, look no further than that game one conference semifinal last night between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors. Hey, the Cavaliers win game one in Toronto by a point, 113 to 112 in overtime in a game that kind of seemed to get uglier the later it got watching that game. And man, just poor shot selection, missed layups. How many missed layups were there? The two teams combined to go six for 17 from the field in the overtime period. And most every single one of those shots was the result of either a bad shot or a missed layup. Hey, Cleveland will take the win. Credit to them, credit to LeBron, all that stuff. If they are going to win this series, it is probably going to have to be kind of an ugly series. Hey, mission accomplished last night. That was tough, tough to watch. One other NBA news story. It looks like Detroit Pistons owner Tom Gores wants Stan Van Gundy to return as head coach for the final year of his contract, but he prefers that scenario would include changes to the franchise's front office. Now remember, Van Gundy has one year, seven million bucks left on his original five-year deal. Van Gundy, you'll remember, did engineer that trade to get Blake Griffin back in February, but they didn't have any guards to play with him. Without starting point guard Reggie Jackson, and a lot of times without Blake Griffin down the stretch, I mean, the Pistons limped along. They finished 39-43 and 43 because of all those injuries. When they did actually play together, Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson were 8-4. and four. I don't know. Maybe that would have been better. With Jackson in the lineup, the Pistons were 27-18 and 18 on the season, but they missed the playoffs for the second consecutive season. Now, here's the problem with the Detroit Pistons. One, owner Tom Gores won't really say what he wants. Like, we all know... Everybody up there wants Stan Van Gundy gone, but he won't really say that. He won't really come out and make a movie. He's like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, I like Stan. We're going to try to work things out. Nobody even knows what that means. And this is the problem when you allow one guy to be in charge of everything. Because they put Van Gundy in a position where he is the head of basketball operations as well as the head coach. I mean, Van Gundy has missed on some big, big personnel moves. The most recent of which, he took Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell in last year's draft. Yeah, that's going to sting a little bit. But when you look at his other drafts, he hasn't drafted well in any of these drafts. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting there saying, hey, if they'd have just had Reggie Jackson, maybe they'd have done better. You don't have a better guard than Reggie Jackson? If not, what have you been doing? Now there is at least talk that they would maybe remove that role as head of basketball operations you know, I just, I don't think one guy can do both jobs. The problem is some of these teams, they're so desperate for someone to come in and be the face of their franchise that they give them all the responsibility. And then later they're like, oh yeah, we shouldn't have gave you all that. That's where the Pistons are now with Van Gundy. They really wanted him to come coach. He said, I'm not going to come coach unless I can say who my personnel is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Just come on. And now they're looking back and going, yeah, we shouldn't have let him do that because he's not really doing a very good job at it. Detroit Pistons, not looking so good right now. And one other news item that I did want to discuss, because, you know, on Monday, 
we talked with Larry just a little bit here on The Dose. And we talked a little bit about the Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend. Not sure if you saw this, but apparently racehorse Justify has been made the early 3-1 to one favorite for the Derby on Saturday. It looks like a European horse, Mendelssohn, is the second choice in the field of 20 horses. I don't know. Now, Justify was the undefeated winner of the Santa Anita Derby, and he's one of two horses that's going to compete on Saturday who didn't race at age two. I don't know what that means. I guess it means something. The other is six to one favorite, third choice, Magnum Moon. Now, no horse since Apollo in 1882 has won the Derby after not racing as a two-year-old. I guess that's where that's relevant, right? Justify for his short career is 3-0, and and he has won those three races by a combined 20 lengths. Pretty impressive stuff. Meanwhile, Magna Moon is 4-0, has just won the Arkansas Derby and the Rebel Stakes in his last two starts. Sounds pretty impressive, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you can get all excited about Justify if you want to, but I'm just going to throw out this warning. Because I know sometimes with the Kentucky Derby, you're going to go out, you're going to put some money down. You're going to maybe play in like a pool with your friends or at a Kentucky Derby party or whatever it is. You can get all excited about Justify and you can be like, hey, whatever I do, I've got to get Justify on Saturday for the Kentucky Derby. It sounds like he is the heavy favorite, right? But I'm just lobbing this out there. I have already heard a rumor that Justify has some very, very racist tweets probably going to break out on Friday night from back when he was still in middle school. Be very, very careful betting on that scumbag Justify. Doesn't sound like he's exactly the nicest horse that I've ever met. Hey, coming back, we are going to take a look at an important day in NBA history. And you know, it kind of reminded me of something when I saw it. You know, today actually is an interesting day in sports history and in NBA history specifically. On May 2nd, 1978, the Portland Trailblazers won the NBA title. You know, it was the first time the Portland franchise had even been to the postseason. And the Blazers beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA Finals. And, you know, they did it with kind of an interesting team. You had very, very physical Maurice Lucas, and you had a highly intelligent Bill Walton. You know, we remember Bill Walton, or at least I do, as the guy with all the foot surgeries, the guy with all the back problems, just wasn't able to move. But that wasn't this version of Bill Walton. Like this version could run the floor. This guy could jump. This guy could rebound. This guy was such a smart and accurate passer. And as a result, you had the Portland Trailblazers playing a very, very up-tempo version of NBA basketball. The Blazers had head coach Dr. Jack Ramsey, and they played a style that might make you think a little bit of the current Golden State Warrior teams in the way that they moved without the basketball. The way that they swung the ball all over the floor and found the open man for a shot. The biggest difference between them and the Warriors, I guess, would be they didn't have the three-point shot. But other than that, they were moving, they were cutting, they were passing, they were scoring. That was a pretty entertaining Portland Trailblazers team that went all the way to the finals in May of 1978. You know, but it's kind of funny. They won it. Like, I know they won it. But I kind of struggle 
thinking of Portland as an NBA championship franchise. I mean, I know they won, but if I was listing every single team that won the NBA championship, like it would take me a while to get to Portland, right? And it's kind of funny because the Blazers won it all in 77 and they played in the finals again in 92. You'll remember when Clyde Drexler squared off against Michael Jordan. Now that time didn't go quite as well for Portland, but they've been to the finals twice. They've won the finals once. That's actually a lot better than some of the other teams that are out there. Do you realize how many pro teams are out there that have never even made it to their league championship? I mean, in the NBA alone, there are seven franchises. They've never even made it to the NBA finals, let alone one an NBA Finals. Let's take a look at the seven franchises that have never even gotten there. The New Orleans Pelicans have now been in the league, and I can't even believe this, for 16 seasons. They've never played in the Finals. Now, I guess if we were looking at these teams and saying, okay, well, who at least is getting close? Like, who has a chance to get there? I guess you'd look at the Pelicans and say, hey, they have a shot. I mean, they're still playing, right? That's better than the majority of of other teams in the league right now, there's only a few teams left playing. Now, the Pelicans have Anthony Davis. The one question I do have, what are they going to do when DeMarcus Cousins comes back? Because I think it's really apparent. They are much better without him. That's going to be really fun to watch, but the New Orleans Pelicans have never been to the finals. They've been in the league for 16 seasons, haven't been there, and honestly haven't been that close. This is the closest they've come this year, and I don't know how well it's going to go, but we'll keep an eye on them. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors both joined the league back in 1995. That was 23 years ago. Neither team has been to the NBA Finals. Now, I realize the Memphis Grizzlies, yeah, they're a bit of a mess. They've got a long, long ways to go. But could the Toronto Raptors change that this year? They're the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Like, just looking at the seeding, they should be the team, right? Getting past Cleveland, that would be a huge step. Can they do that? Can they put together four games and actually beat Cleveland? That's going to be very, very interesting to keep an eye on. The Toronto Raptors, Memphis Grizzlies, been in league 23 years, have never seen the finals. The Charlotte Hornets, they have now been a member of the NBA for 28 seasons. They haven't been to the finals. And in fact, they haven't even been past the conference semifinals. They've never gone past the second round. And they haven't been that far since 2002. Which is kind of weird because they have Michael Jordan as a majority owner. Yeah, and with Mike as the majority owner, they don't seem to be a threat to do it anytime soon. I really do think when you have some of these players that were so great, that were so good, that were so driven, that were so talented, I think it's really, really hard sometimes for them to assemble talent. Because they look at certain players, and I think they try to force them, okay, that person could be like me. Or they look at certain players, and they say, okay, if they would just have the drive that I have, maybe they would be much better than they are. Yeah, they're not going to. None of those things are going to happen. See, these talented players, sometimes they really struggle in these roles. But the Charlotte Hornets, 28 years, no NBA Finals. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they actually made it to the NBA Western Conference Finals back in 2004. Did you remember that? They beat the Denver Nuggets in the first round. Then they beat the Sacramento Kings in the conference semifinals. 
they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers in six games in the Western Conference Finals. You might remember that team. Kevin Garnett, Sam Cassell, Latrell Sprewell, they led the Timberwolves farther than they have ever gone before in their 29 years in the NBA. But in 29 years, no finals for the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves have a nice young team. Are they close to winning a title? Eh, Probably not. Next team up, my home team, Denver Nuggets. They have never been to the NBA Finals in their 42 years of existence. Now, they did actually go to the ABA Finals back in 1976. They lost to the New York Nets and Julius Serving back in those days. You might remember those days. They had Dan Issel. They had David Thompson. That was a good high-scoring team. But since moving to the NBA, they have been to the Western Conference Finals three different times but they've never made it to the finals. They lost to the Seattle Supersonics back in 1978, and then they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers both in 85 and more recently in 2009. Now, the Nuggets couldn't make the playoffs this year, but they have a solid young team, I guess. They could figure a few things out, you know, like how to play defense, perhaps how to defend the pick and roll. Then maybe, maybe they could at least get back into the postseason, but I don't think they're getting anywhere near the NBA Finals. Not with as stacked as the Western Conference is right now. So no, I don't think the Nuggets are going to be there anytime soon. Our final team that has never been as far as just making it to the NBA Finals is, of course, the cursed team, the Los Angeles Clippers, who have never made it to the NBA Finals in 48 NBA seasons. Now, this franchise, of course, started off as the Buffalo Braves back in 1970. They switched to the San Diego Clippers in 78 before they moved to Los Angeles in 1984. And when you think of some of the good players that the Clippers have actually had, I know when we think of the Clippers a lot of times, we're like, yeah, but they've been horrible. They've had some talent. It just never works out. Think of some of the players the Clippers have had. Bob McAdoo, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Michael Cage, Chris Paul, Randy Smith, Elton Brand, Danny Manning. I remember when the Clippers got Danny Manning, everyone's looking around going, hey, he's going to fix this franchise. It is coming. They had some good young players at that time. The Clippers are going to get going. Yeah, they're not. They had Terry Cummings for a while. They had score World B free. They all played for the Los Angeles Clippers franchise, and none of them really had any success. The Clippers have never even made it past the second round of the NBA playoffs. Now that... That is a serious, serious playoff drought. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about. But the NBA has been going now for 67 seasons. In those 67 years, only 18 franchises have won the title. There are 12 that have never won it. There are seven that have never even been to the finals. That is the most of any professional sports league in North America. I mean, when you think about the NBA... You think about athleticism and scoring and a lot of fun and a lot of fun franchises, a lot of big names and a lot of really cool things that go on in the NBA. But the wealth is not spread that well in the NBA, apparently, because they have the most teams who have never won it. And they've got a lot of teams that have never even been to the finals. The NBA, it's fantastic. Well, for some teams, like for other teams, it's actually pretty crappy and they're always really bad. But I mean, for other teams, it's fantastic. Not my team. Maybe your team, hopefully. 
But for other teams, yeah, it's not actually that good. Hey, coming back, the NFL draft finished up last week. We saw, like we talked about, a number of quarterbacks that were selected way too early. Today, on our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings, Hump Day, we are going to discuss which quarterbacks could be in the mix next season at the 2019 NFL Draft. Hey, just a quick reminder, if you've got any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can get the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. May's Loot Crate theme is called Role Models. It features items from Arrested Development, Archer, Deadpool, and The Punisher. And don't forget, Mother's Day is coming very, very quickly. What is that? Like the 13th? Yeah, it's coming fast. You might want to go over to Loot Crate and find something for mom because they have a ton of stuff over there. You can get stuff for the house. You can get stuff for the car. You can get stuff for the pet. You can get things for her desk. Whatever it might be, you might want to head over to Loot Crate. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order because we're just nice like that and we're trying to help you. We're trying to help mom, trying to take care of our Daily Dose listeners. Make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com. Okay, so we do this every single week. We take a look around the sports world and we just rank a few things that might be coming out at that time. And this week, we wanted to take a look at the top quarterback draft prospects for next season. So with all of the quarterbacks that were just selected in the NFL draft last week, you know, I just started thinking about which college quarterbacks could be on next year's mock drafts already. And I'm sure they're probably already out there. I'm not going to look at them because I don't care that much. But it's kind of funny. We saw this year in the NFL draft, you don't have to be great at playing quarterback. Like being great would be nice, but you don't have to be great. We saw a number of quarterbacks out there being taken. They're not great. The NFL is going to snatch you up either way. Now, I'll be the first to admit, it's really hard to predict which one of these quarterbacks is actually going to step up next year. But I'm going to give you a few that are at least going to be on NFL scouts list as we head into college football this next year. We'll just have to see if they can stay there. I've got five quarterbacks you might want to keep an eye on because they could be getting drafted at this same time next year. And they might be getting drafted very, very high, just like we saw this year. Number five on my list, I'm going to put Penn State quarterback Trace McSorley. Yes, I know. I know. He's just like a hair over six feet tall, if that. That's probably in his cleats. But Trace McSorley, he's going to make some NFL teams take a look at him next year because he's extremely accurate, especially on his short and medium routes. He has very, very quick feet. He understands how to avoid pass rushers in the pocket. Remember, you don't have to be like Michael Vick back there. Joe Montana was not a sprinter. Tom Brady is obviously not a sprinter, but they have quick enough feet to slide away from pressure. McSorley can actually do a little bit more than that. He can be a threat to run if needed to, but he prefers to hurt you from the pocket. And I know there's going to be teams that are going to shy away from him just because of his size. But here is the argument that I could see people spinning for McSorley. Look how he performs in the big games. Look how he performs against the top competition in the big moments. Because Trace McSorley has played very, very well against the Michigans, against the Ohio States, against the Michigan States, he was almost perfect 
in Penn State's bowl game against Washington. Now I realize he will have to do more this year without players like Saquon Barkley in the backfield next to him. But keep an eye on Trace McSorley. Yes, he's small. Yeah, he's got some big time game too. And he just, he kind of just seems like a gamer. He's just that guy that you say, hey, get it done with seconds left on the clock. Yeah, he's going to go do it. He comes in at number five for me. Number four, I'm going to head down to SEC country. I know we don't always find the best offensive players down in SEC country, but quarterback Jarrett Stidham, you know, he started off slow this past year, but he seemed like he got better the more and more that he played. He has a little more of that prototypical size that NFL scouts are going to like. Last year, Stidham completed 67% of his passes. He threw for nearly 3,000 yards. He had 18 touchdowns. And I didn't realize it at the time. I don't know if any of us did, but apparently Jarrett Stidham and Auburn played in the national championship game against Central Florida. (laughs) Hey, what more can you ask for? He led his team to the national championship game. I mean, none of us knew it at the time, but apparently he did it. So there's that. He comes in at number four for me. Number three, I have a player that didn't have much help. And he's going to be coming off an injury. But Clayton Thorson at Northwestern, I'm telling you, NFL scouts are going to be looking at him. He actually blew his knee in Northwestern's bowl game. But at 6'4 and 225, he already looks like an NFL quarterback. And he's playing at Northwestern. He has like no help whatsoever, but he has shown this. He's got very good mechanics. He's got a big arm. He's very, very smart. And he seems like a pretty good kid. He seems like he's going to study. He's going to work hard both on and off the field. Don't be surprised if you see a Northwestern quarterback go high in next year's draft. I'm telling you right now, Clayton Thorson, it could happen. At number two, this one might be a little bit of a stretch, but I want to keep an eye on this guy because Shea Patterson just got okayed to play this next year at Michigan. He actually started out at Ole Miss. He has now transferred to Michigan, who we saw last year. Yeah, Michigan desperately needs some consistency at the quarterback position. Now, while at Ole Miss, Patterson completed 64% of his passes. He had over 2,200 yards. He had 17 touchdowns, but then he suffered a season-ending knee injury. Many believe that Shea Patterson is going to explode under Jim Harbaugh. He's a very athletic kid. A number of people are comparing him to like a Russell Wilson or even like a Johnny Manziel, but, you know, without the baggage or the severe drug problem. (laughs) If Shea Patterson goes out and he has a highly productive year playing for Michigan, even though he's not the biggest guy, there's no way an NFL team won't grab him. Because he can be a little bit electric back there. Going to be interesting to watch Michigan this year and see if Patterson can win that job. So who is the number one quarterback prospect for next year's NFL draft? It's kind of funny. Because the biggest prospect in the nation might not be from a school that you would really think of. I mean, yes, this school has produced such wonderful NFL quarterbacks like Brad Smith and Corby Jones and Matty Mock and Good old Blaine Gabbert, but Drew Locke actually has the chance to be the best Missouri quarterback of all of them. I know, it's not saying a whole lot. But still, Locke set the SEC single regular season record for touchdown passes in 2017. He had 43. He led Missouri to six straight wins 
after the Tigers started off this past season, one in five, he completed 58% of his passes, had almost 4,000 yards. Now, some of the guys on this list, a little bit smaller. Drew Locke is not. He is 6'4", he is 225, and he's got a huge arm. Can he prove this year for Missouri to be more accurate? He's got some ability. He showed the ability to throw a pretty accurate long ball, which you know. You just know NFL scouts will be drooling over that. If Drew Locke goes out and he puts together a solid season this fall for Missouri, yeah, he's got a legitimate chance to be the top pick in the 2019 NFL draft because we know how quick they will grab him. We just know the NFL is starving for quarterbacks. They don't have to be great. Just give teams a reason to have some hope. Give them a reason to think that maybe, just maybe, you could possibly be the guy. And I'm telling you right now, NFL teams will scoop you up before you can say Heath Schuler. Hey, tomorrow on The Dose, we will, of course, be discussing the latest and greatest in sports news. We'll see what sports stories just might be coming out. You know, we might have to discuss some very interesting things happening in sports that, honestly, I can't explain. And as usual, on Thursday, we will have a few Daily Dose overreactions of the week. Hey, I have to say thank you so much for listening to and sharing the show. Thank you for the emails, the texts, and the tweets. It is all very appreciated. If you want to contact us, feel free. Hit us up at DailyDoseSports at gmail.com or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.